Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, discussion associated with the art of rap. The art of rap, well, originally it was a documentary, it's still available on Netflix, I believe, and a few other services. The documentary was created in 2012 and produced by rapper, TV star, occasional movie star Ice-T. It's difficult not to do a compare and contrast to the Art of Rap Festival with the Grateful Dead show that I saw maybe two, three weeks ago. Maybe three weeks ago now. The Grateful Dead show was held at Levi Stadium, which I think is a relatively modern built stadium, maybe even in the past decade. And the Art of Rap Festival was held at Shoreline Amphitheatre, which was built by Bill Graham and Steve Wozniak, I don't know, maybe in the mid-80s. So much older venue and a variety of kind of concerning problems associated with actually getting into the venue. I used to go and see quite a few concerts with Wozniak himself at the Shoreline through 2000, I think probably pretty solidly through 2000. So my recollections associated with the Shoreline were 15 years ago, but I never remember like actively queuing or any kind of nonsense associated with getting into the venue, and getting into this venue was actually quite difficult. We arrived about 50 minutes before the gates opened, and we were queuing for that time. By the time we started moving in the queue, it had extended probably, I don't know, maybe 800 feet long, potentially more than that. It kind of snaked up and away. It could have been a lot longer. But the actual time to get into the venue, particularly for a majority of the folk that were attending, seemed to be like phenomenally long. The amphitheater took probably about three hours actually to fill up with people. And I suspect a large part of that was the metal detectors and just slow gate staff. Getting into... The Grateful Dead show, firstly, there wasn't really a limit associated with the entry. We arrived there again about an hour before, and we were able to get in quite comfortably half an hour before the concert started. With The Art of Rap, they were letting people in, you know, really just before the concert started. And it was a strange kind of juxtaposition between the two experiences. The only sponsor that was visible there in terms of giving out merchandise and stuff at The Art of Rap was a local bail bonds company, which kind of struck me as a little bit strange. In the queue getting in, there was a gentleman in front of us who let in about 20 people who he knew. And going in, it was clear that being a listener to this kind of music in Australia, although it was very curious in Australia and I had to import the music, I literally had to pay typically a 200 to 250% premium on the tapes as they were then i don't think i ever imported vinyl i think it was almost exclusively tapes and then periodically cds it was very difficult to get the stuff actually into australia so i was relatively unique in my peer group in terms of actually having access to this music i also had a stepmother at the time who was american and would bring the music in as she traveled to the u.s she'd buy a few tapes and bring them back for me she'd go into stores and say what's what's hot currently One of those tapes was actually Ice-T's original Gangster, which he performed (laughs) at The Art of Rap. But going there, it was very difficult not to get a sense that there really is a substantial... I mean, you are going to a rap concert for a start, or at least a rap festival. But there is just like a substantial divide in expectations and also in circumstances that is based on race in this country. And... 
I live in a relatively privileged position. I mean, I exist, I can do what I do, I'm given a certain degree of freedom in terms of my professional life, I have an extreme amount of freedom, and it's strange to be in a circumstance where, for example, in the queue, people were talking about, you know, how long certain friends of theirs had been in prison, you know, one guy had been in for 15 years and only had just gotten out, the bail bonds folk there... Just general expectations were different, I guess, than my expectations. And certainly my experience being in the U.S. and, you know, surviving and doing what I do in the U.S. is very different than this audience in general, in very general terms. There were a bunch of folk who were clearly like tech people. But, you know, we were in the vast minority. And through this experience, I became highly aware not only that i was relatively unique and alone in terms of this broader audience but also that the circumstances that occurred within this community and within general discourse my personal response to that kind of stuff which again is very easy as a kind of bourgeois big bourgeois white dude to say would be to be very politically active and when i say politically active i'm not talking about the major political parties i'm talking about gathering groups together and you know being active socially disruptive if need be but through any means necessary and part of my general rap associated with politics which i've injected occasionally into these podcasts relate to the notion that the current system what we see in terms of general political discourse here cannot continue. It can't just be the normative component. And this comes from my position, as I feel it, to a large extent, with a certain degree of privilege. If I was in these circumstances, I would be considerably more proactive in this light. I would be very angry, in fact, and utilising that anger, whatever means necessary, in order to move this discourse forward. There was a distinct lack of this politically active rap music that certainly was a, the bread and butter of my listening. Here I'm talking primarily associated with Public Enemy. But even the kind of consciousness rap on the West Coast wasn't really represented. I'm going to do specific reviews associated with specific performers of the art of rap. But the experience made me realise that however crazy and generally projected I can be on a number of issues... I'm really, really, really very lucky. And I've got to just keep that in mind continuously. Maybe going back to the Mickey Hart point, but really, yeah, I'm I'm not afraid of being imprisoned anytime soon. I'm not afraid of the police or the prison system. I mean, the prison industrial complex does genuinely scare me, but a lot of really outlandish stuff needs to happen before I encounter these kind of environments. And certainly my perspective from what I saw was that many folk within the audience of the art of rap had been touched in some way by this industrial prison complex. And it was kind of chilling to me. Tom Barbley and San Jose signing out.